Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing, recorded at the PW offices in New York City. I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor of Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. Check us out on Twitter at at PW Comics World. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons. I'm the podcast producer. And you can find us on Tumblr at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget, you can subscribe to more to come on iTunes. And on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. So... This week on uh, More to Come, the year in review. Here's so, the stuff that already came. Yes, the stuff we've already talked about, but we're going we're gonna to remind you uh, a little bit about the year that was. Yes, just to relive some of those magical moments that you heard us talking about here on More to Come. Um, you can hear us talking about it all over <laughs> yeah, again. Yes, once again. Yes, yes. Well, I... I Certainly one of the biggest magical moments, uh, I think, was Angolim. Certainly it was our first time having a, a correspondent there. Do you want to uh, yes. remind well, us about that just, correspondent? Uh, just FYI, <laughs> we're starting in January, and we're going to work yes. our way through. Yes, so, and Angoulême is in January. Yes, so, yes. there you go. I went to Angoulême, uh, first time ever, and I, I, I'm pretty sure uh, I was there also with Bridget Alverson, and I think we were probably the only... American journalists who have been sent to Angoulême. Well, Bridget went on her own. Must make that clear because uh, it's very controversial. But anyway, I think I was the first <laughs> journalist sent to Angoulême in many, many, many years. And uh, this really, I think, presaged uh, one of the big trends of the year, which was uh, the rise of French comics. You know, I uh, was there with Magnetic Press, which is a new publisher that's putting mm-hmm. out a lot of French books. Uh, you know, Drona Quarterly has been publishing French comics for a long time, had a huge success in Beautiful Darkness. Um, you know, other publishers on Civilized Books, Fanographics, of course, and, uh, you know, NBM, do not forget NBM. Yes, they yes. also had uh, success with Beauty and a couple of other French language books, but it really was... Um, you know, an amazing experience, and uh, guess what? French comics are not so stuffy and boring as a lot of people think there they are. Go. And uh, Bill Watterson uh, ends up winning uh, the Grand Prix. The Grand Prix, Prix but he won't yeah. be back yeah. for the, the show, uh, in the, which is coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, he will not be actually attending, but they will be having a display of his art. So, and they'll have um, his poster. Yes. 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 So, all right. Um, uh, Ms. Also, Marvel. Yes. Huh? Ms. Marvel. Oh, it's also in January. Ms. Marvel. Yeah. So, um... Ms. Marvel, the title originally held by Carol Danvers, now Captain Marvel, uh, went to a new character created by the book's co-creator, G. Willow Wilson, Kamala Khan, a uh, Muslim-American girl with uh, sort of a fanish passion for superheroes from Jersey City. And it's just a really lighthearted well-written, heartfelt, and all ages in the good way comic that actually was, according to Marvel, their top digital seller. Yes, and, you know, despite it being a very controversial year for uh, gender inequality in the nerd world with uh, Gamergate and all that horrible stuff that happened, I think Ms. Marvel really encapsulates the best part of the whole trend towards diversity, that we had in the year, and uh, as Kate mentions, you know the number one digital seller and readers yeah. uh, seem to have really embraced the book. Not, not you know, not. I mean, I won't say despite, but I mean, you know, just having a diverse heroine uh, who's uh, Pakistani American, and mm. you know what? 
that's well, you American. Know, <laughs> you, you know, I, I read the first like two issues, but I wasn't until actually the last month while I was on vacation that I actually read the whole completed, collected. And it's really a delightful book. It, it not only is it a terrific kind of superhero story, but it, it's really a it's a great story about identity, about you know, t- trying to figure out who you are uh, as a teenager with these ar- other larger themes uh, around you of being being a, uh, the the child of, of an immigrant of immigrants. So uh, I'm just agreeing with you every way. Um, yeah. it's a great it was a great book to really to uh, really in a sort of symbolic way to look at the yeah. usher in and, this new era of and diversity. I, and also just to kind of refresh things a little bit too. I mean, G. Will Wilson is the writer. Uh, you know, she did what, what you're saying, Calvin, but she also took the idea of the teenager with superpowers, which is the yes. the hallmark of the Marvel Age of Comics Absolutely. with Spider-Man, with X-Men. I mean, it's really just the, the, the engine that drives it. And she updated it with, um, you know, for the 21st century. Yeah. And, yes, um, yes. Absolutely. It was well, a big hit. Well, and also, I mean, I feel like there are a lot of teen superheroes running around the Marvel Universe, but she actually put in the work to make the character feel like an actual teenager yes. Yes. Yes, as absolutely. opposed to a kid or a shrunken adult. Yes. 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 So right. anyway, triumph all around. And speaking of triumphs, uh, also in January was the first Image Expo yes. of the year, one of two. And uh, I mean, we've said this many times before, but oh my God, it was the year of Image yes. Comics. Yes. They just... Uh, collected, corralled everyone yeah. who was up and coming or already established, you know, uh, from I, I the list of people working there is just absolutely, well, absolutely. It's, it's like mean, it, the writers, you know, Grant Morrison, Mark Miller, uh, Ed Brubaker, Brandon Graham, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, of in course. Fact, in uh, January, they announced deals with Ed Brubaker and Bill Willingham. I mean, uh, sales being up Kelly overall, Sue but that, that seemed to be Kelly throughout Sue, the year for them. Kurt Busiek, Chris it was Robinson, the early year everyone. ushering in essentially a sort of the year of Image Comics. Yeah, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the the list just goes on and on and on. They pretty much have everyone who's anyone, and not only do they have, um, you know, books by established writers. Oh, Warren Ellis. Hello, Warren Ellis came back yes. with, with mm-hmm. like a bunch of books. Yeah. Um, and uh, guess what? They uh, sold pretty well, as as we'll get to with another one as we move through the year. But anyway, Image, amazing. Eric Stevenson, you go. Uh, amazing year for you. You know, on a, a more dismal note, I do think we should just m- mention, because it was an, uh, an annoyingly uh, uh, story that wouldn't go away, but Sheila Booth and the, the um, uh, plagiarism uh, mm. episode with uh, Dan Close. Uh, for better or for worse, it it, it started in uh, the end of 2013 and it leaked into the the beginning of the year. Yeah, well, it turned out he plagiarized all kinds of yes, of, all kinds of people, didn't he? He also plagiarized many of whom from Buk- comics, Bukowski or something, yes, and a and, novel by Melville House. Yeah, get, uh, and uh, you know this really Sheila Booth. Uh, you know, you know, Calvin, you said you wouldn't go away. It wouldn't go away at the start of the year, but by the end of the year, it really seems to have gone away. Yes, it and has. so has Sheila Booth. Uh, yeah, if you notice, well, I think. Well, He's, he's turned up again the, a little bit recently. Well, he but. has, but with trouble. You know, yeah. like he's uh, yes. drinking too much and all that sort of stuff. And you know what? I, I'm sorry, Shia. James Franco wins. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I'd have to agree with that, too. Well, I mean, frankly, I, of all of them, I think the Klausman was the most shocking because he just lifted the entire story in yes. its entirety with nothing else added or changed. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I do 
feel like maybe plagiarism is is the first sign that you're going to take a downward spiral. So all you would-be plagiarists, beware. Okay, yeah, right. All right, on that note, shall we move into February of uh, 2014? Uh, And and looking at my notes, it seems as though this is when another dismal episode, um, the um, uh, the College of, of Charleston is essentially censored by the South Carolina legislature because they assigned Alison Bechtel's fun home for a summer reading for freshmen. One of the great books (laughs) of the last, you know, 15 years. Yes, um, but it has gay and lesbian themes. Yes, well, it's oh, obviously, heaven forbid. Obviously, this is like homo- raw homophobia uh, of the most absurd variety, if there's any kind that isn't. Um, but certainly, that's uh, one of the early year big stories. Uh, yeah, but also that month, a little bit more positive and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tying into the year of the woman, as you mentioned. Uh, and actually, this is uh, Brett Schenker, who is a analyst. He came out with some statistics with, on Facebook. Uh, he went and analyzed uh, the likes, which uh, people had problems with his methodology, but he pointed out that Facebook is actually set up uh, for advertising. That's what it's for. It's not for sharing pictures of your cat or your kid. And uh, that this is exactly how the statistics were meant to be uh, used. And his, his findings showed that 46% of the audience that liked comics was female. And uh, this kind of demographic breakdown was borne out throughout the year by several other surveys. There was one from Eventbrite. Um, You know, even Wizard World got into the act with with their own reader survey uh, or their own attendee survey. And so, you know, this was really the year that unless you wanted to be a a science denier, which God knows there are plenty of, um, you had to admit that there was no reason that women wouldn't read comics. Because they do. And that they're a significant force on the on the on the on, on the consumer side as we know they are uh certainly on the, the creative side on the indie world and you know fighting to get their way into the, right. the more mainstream superhero uh, uh business but clearly this became a year where the publishers had to pay attention to to what this demographic wants to read and uh as the year went on i do think that maybe the combo of the great numbers for things like ms marvel uh and data like this coming out you saw more female-marketed titles. Well, Marvel uh, went in all whole hog with uh, the female Thor, which they announced on The View, uh, of all places. And, you know, I talked to a bunch of people. Marvel will never come out and admit these things, but Marvel's owned by Disney. Disney loves uh, research, and uh, it's very obvious that Marvel slash Disney has done a lot of research on who reads comics. They're not sharing it, but probably their research pretty much backs up what um, Brett Schenker's research showed, and that's why they're doing these books, mm-hmm. because their research shows that yeah. it is viable. And also, uh, Frozen, because Frozen. You know, if if Frozen makes them realize that little girls do like it when their heroine has ice powers, I, <laughs> I am all for that. But, you know, if you just to toot my own horn, when um, our Disney bought Marvel back in the day, uh, I pointed out that even though Disney expressly bought Marvel to be boy-focused entertainment, what Disney does best is entertainment for girls, and I They're said not gonna leave money that on the table. they would eventually have some kind of shift there, because that's what happens. Yeah. And anyway, so yeah. If there's a potential audience that will make you money, Disney's not gonna leave it alone. Exactly. 
Anyway, moving right. on to March. Uh, um, okay. Could I just throw one more thing no. into February? Just yes. because I think it's important and we might want to talk about it a little bit more. Like, DMP announced its plan to publish the entire Tezuka backlist. <laughs> yes. Now, you know, that's uh, yeah. more than 400 titles. And, you know, we, we've already talked very recently on other podcasts about where this, uh, the problems that they've encountered. Well, this encountered. was foreshadowing. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So maybe we'll return. We've, we've talked about it extensively on another podcast. So we can come back. Uh, uh, well, you know, as, as, as far as manga goes, we talked about this. It was a little bit of a rebound year yes, for manga with attack, because of Attack on Titan. Yes. And that is a huge hit in Japan yes. and in the U.S. And, um, you know, it and was I, by far from uh, a, a dead genre. Yeah. And I, and I think we're also seeing that, you know, Viz being on Comixology and all of the, really there being more legitimate digital options for manga fans besides piracy. Yeah. Um, uh, and so, the, yes, the category has shown a big rebound this year, and, and, we're, and we expect it to continue. All right. So, shall we move into March? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. We could look to our uh, retailer survey, which uh, it, even though, as I recall in the story, even though sales were just a bit down earlier in the year, they were to rebound later on, uh, we found a really upbeat group of retailers who were – uh, not only not afraid of digital, but we're actually pointing to it as a s- samplers that they were sending new readers Absolutely. and more diverse readers and, into And they stores. did. And I mean, the, again, the retailer survey, the takeaway that everybody quoted from it was the retailers who talked about how Image was yes. bringing people Once into again. the stores. And, you know, as I travel this great nation of ours and I stop in at retailers, I ask them, what's bringing people into the stores? And they usually say Image. Yeah, there you go. All right, so... The wave of the future. Uh, you know, also was, the wave of the 80s. Yeah. But, you know, the wave of the 80s is now the wave of the future again. Yes, so, yes, you know, yes. A plus. Well, Image yeah. debuted in the yeah. early 90s, but your, your points dance. <laughs> <laughs> I would think that just because I think this is sort of important, but very, just very quickly, uh, also in March, Gene Yang launched Shadow, the Shadow Hero, mm-hmm. his comic book about uh, arguably the first Asian American superhero. Mm-hmm. He launched it as a digital series first, yeah. right? Which yeah. is what something that yeah. first second does uh, yes. quite a bit, and um, you know, Gene Yang definitely one of the. Uh, apostles for comics. Yes, um, I believe that was also the month that Reed announced that they were going to do special edition. Yes. And yes. you know, this is l- like like one of the huge trends of the year. I mean, it was a huge trend last year, and I suspect it will be a huge trend in 2015. Is just the rise of conventions and how everybody is doubling or going into new territories or expanding. Um, and, you know, Reed Pop, which does uh, C2E2 in Chicago and New York Comic Con, uh, decided to do, announced that they were going to do a a second show in New York and uh, immediately discovered that there were two other shows that very same weekend <laughs> in local areas. And, um, you know, that was too many cons. Too many cons. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah Speaking of too many cons, we'll have more on the ups and downsides. Yes. Yes. Later. Foreshadowing. Right. But then in April... All hell broke well, loose. Well, yeah. So this this is this is obviously probably one of the biggest stories of the year. Amazon acquires a comics comicsology. Yeah. Um. You know, the, the everything store buys the dominant uh, digital comics marketplace. Uh, and we're living with the ramifications of that right we now. We are, and I mean, there haven't really been that many <laughs> no, there so hasn't far. Been. We, we, <laughs> we will see more, I think, as time goes on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, actually, it's interesting. 
uh, uh, many uh, observers of this space seem to think that this has actually enlivened the digital competition. Yeah. And it, in some ways, it does seem to have done so. I mean, mm-hmm. Ivor seems to be a much more aggressive um, uh, with with it, the technology that it's, it's mm-hmm. offering, uh, and we're getting new new partners. So Yeah, well, I think it really encouraged investors to notice that maybe digital comics was something that could make money. Yeah. Because Amazon probably wouldn't buy it if it was totally useless. Absolutely. Right. That's Absolutely. right. And, um, you know, digital continues to be a obviously a huge story uh you know i just like to note just to, to tie up this story uh that todd allen a frequent uh pw contributor he his uh, digital book that he kickstarted uh the yes. economics digital comics is finally out and which you could find on amazon and uh you know i really i think in 2015 i think a lot of people will be talking about this book because he really analyzed a lot of this stuff and where it's going yeah. and um you know and maybe we'll be talking yeah. about this Well, book. we will, but I, I I think just, you know, to foreshadow 2015, I think there's so many different models. I think some of the ones that we thought really were going to work haven't worked, and some of the ones that we didn't know were going to work do work. And, um, you know, I think that, that there's going to be a lot more and diversification. As far as digital players, it might be worthwhile to note the trajectory. Uh, really, a digital platform mm-hmm. that had been mostly operating in the, the book world, mm-hmm. generally speaking, yeah. Uh, but they launched really with a focus on illustrated books for kids, and then they struck a deal uh, very shortly after this. I've got it in May, but you know it's close enough uh, with Diamond to essentially be their digital component to do conversions and to Who? distribute. So, who are you talking? I'm about? talking about Trajectory. Trajectory. Okay. Yes. yes, they are based in Boston area, and uh, they basically focus on uh, uh, on illustrated uh, uh, books for kids. So uh, another competitor in this new post-Amazon comicsology marketplace. Well, you know, along with the rise of the cons, there was the rise of the CAF, the Comic Arts Festival. You know, May saw the Toronto Comic Arts Festival, or TCAF as it's known. Uh, yet another very successful show run by Christopher Butcher and the Beguiling. I saw cartoonists from around the world gathering to celebrate graphic novels. I mean, we're not really focusing on individual works, but, you know, it was a heck of a year for comics. Um, so many great books from so many creators, new and old. And uh, the rise of the micro press. I mean, we saw micro publishers coming uh, quite a bit in 2013. Some of them burned out in 2014. But I mean, there was just a lot of of, of liveliness in this sphere. You know, Cake in Chicago had its second year. Yeah. Uh, Cala, the first year show in Los Angeles that everybody said was uh, absolutely gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mocha moving to a new. Uh, a new place um, uh, Brooklyn Comic Arts Brooklyn expanding to two yes, days yes. and uh, Short Run in Seattle uh, the, the, another show in one Portland in that I can't even there well there's one been, little, been little in Maine in for Maine, yeah. years um, sh- you, you know, know but thought- there was, wasn't there a new one an unusual sort of one day show maybe you already mentioned it but it's just in line with what you've yeah, been yeah, saying yeah. already yeah, yeah yeah and of course Thought Bubble in Leeds England becoming mm-hmm. really uh, also part of uh, the, the uh, conversation so yeah CAFs Calves are huge. Yes. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we've heard as a complaint is that there are too many cons and too many calves, and oh, I can't possibly go to all of them. But I think the answer is we've gotten now into an economy and an environment in comics where you just can't. You can't go to all of them, even if you're a comics professional. And maybe that's something we can just accept as a symptom of a healthy comic con economy. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And, uh, you know, there were also some pretty funny stories 
uh, about conventions. Um, there was the, uh, the oh, what was the Tumblr con that they held? Oh, oh Dash con. Dash con, which was the worst con. Oh, of that all was times. Dash yeah. Dash con. This is the one where, uh, yeah, the, this they, is why you don't let teenagers they had the, manage they had your the money. Run a crowdfunding. Yes, yeah, on the they, first day of the show. They, lost, they got all Disaster. the attendees into the ballroom, and they said. Um, we're having some funding problems. We need money from all of you right now, right here, before we can let any of you out of the room. <laughs> uh, and then when the awesome. guys from Welcome to Hostage Nightvale con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, packed up and left because of financial malfeasance on the part of the con, um, the con offered as a bonus to yes. all the unhappy people an extra hour in the ball pit and the bouncy castle. Yeah, so now that's actually become a kind of a, a meme on yes. on the internet. It's like, oh, uh, maybe they'll get some extra time in the bouncy castle. So, um, yeah, there was that. There was also a rather uh, uh, unsettling event later in the year that when uh, Convention of Furries had a ga- poison gas attack, apparently. Yeah. And uh, no one was hurt, thank God. But when a few people cons were, go bad. were hospitalized. But yeah, I mean, it's, 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 we've said it a million times, but, uh, you know, cons are mainstream. They are as mainstream as mainstream can be. Yeah. Well, just as we move out of May, it might be good to mention um, uh, Book Expo this year, which had a fabulous panel, uh, uh, panel graphic novel panel. I, well, I will admit, I, I moderated. Ah. But, I, you know, it, it was an amazing panel. Farrell Dalrymple, uh, uh, who did the Wrenchies, uh, Michael Cho, the shoplifter, Jules Pfeiffer, for crying out loud, Kill My Mother, and Raina Telgemeier, uh Sisters, with a 200,000 copy first printing. Uh, fabulous. Also, BookCon, managed by Reed Pop, uh, in some ways, comics publishers ideally suited to be there right. for that, overrun by female fans. Yeah, so. well, uh, BookCon is sort of a symbol of all so many of the trends that we're talking about you know their first uh, announcement of guests was mostly white men and they got a lot yes. of crap for that including that it gave rise to the to the hashtag we need diverse yeah. books which yeah. seemed to be the way that most people uh, combat things they don't like is a hashtag but uh, which has awareness, evolved awareness. into a, an yes. actual, uh, actual nonprofit mm-hmm. m- with a mission um to yep. bring more diverse books. Yeah. And uh, then on the actual day of the show, it was absolutely overrun and packed yeah. and crowded and people feared for their lives. Yeah. But uh, next year, <laughs> going to be two days, uh, nothing to do with Book Expo. And uh, already, like you said, uh, We Need Diverse Books is already on the uh, already on the uh, the, the panel, the uh, steering committee for that. So, All right. So, As it well should be. So shall we move into... June, actually, that was special edition, which you've already talked right. about, uh, the right. new show. Right, but, yeah. but also in June, uh, a story that really we haven't talked about much, and a lot of people are calling it the elephant in the room. That was the month that uh, DC announced they were changing their royalty Good plan. Point. Yeah, And yes. this is, the, you know, your eyes will glaze over. But basically, they said <laughs> instead of it being uh, from, it sounded on the surface like it was really awesome because colorists are going to get royalties and that digital books would be included in the royalties. But what they sneakily did was also kind of raise the threshold. And, uh, you know, no one will talk about it in public because they don't want to lose work. But basically, a lot of people have had their income cut uh, because they're not getting the same amount of royalties anymore because of this change. 
And, um, you know, before Marvel and DC uh, both had royalties, but Marvel's royalty plan really only was for the first publication of the book. Like, they didn't really do reprint royalties, whereas DC was like 10 years later, you'd get a, you know, 10 cent check. I mean, I literally know people have gotten checks for, for a quarter on the royalties. Um, but, you know, this is definitely going to cut some of the royalties in the future. And one thing for 2015 that's going to be a huge story is wage stagnation among comics creators. Mm. You know, the yeah. rates haven't really gone up, uh, even for superstars, especially artists. That's why you see everybody going to Image. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, that's why I'm saying I think that, I mean, this was definitely something that creators were talking about behind yeah. the scenes. Uh, like I said, it's not talked about in public, but uh, it's a pretty huge thing, and uh, it will lead to, A, more people going to Image, as they already are, and um, B, I, this may be some people leaving, you know, giving up and going home and doing something else. Although, what else they're going to do, I don't know, well, because you know, all the wages are stagnant. Image on... I mean, Image and the other indie books, I can see why a lot of creators now that the exclusive contract is less of a thing, because there isn't the real advantage to doing all your work for one of the big two financially, are, you know, taking that future royalties dash, who knows, movie credit gamble and doing some original work at, you know, indie publishers that give them a better deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, For which who can blame them? And so in a weird way, while it's, bad for comic creators financially it may well be very good for comics the repercussions of people looking outside the big two for employment right well you want to have more options uh you just want to have more More options options. that pay yeah yeah (laughs) all right moving into july um could i suggest that certainly one of the biggest stories in july besides obviously the san diego comic-con were new figures about the size of the graphic novel and comics market in the yes. U.S. released yeah. by ICB2 and, and Comicron that the graphic novels market in 2013 hit $870 million. Now, that breaks down um, for uh, direct market about uh, $340 million. Uh, bookstore graphic novels, excuse me, about $245 million. Uh, and I'm, I'm, hold it, I'm mangling this. That that's not right. Uh, Two hundred forty-five million dollars for for book format channels, uh, comic books uh, and periodicals three hundred forty million dollars, and comic store orders of graphic novels one hundred seventy million dollars for a total of eight hundred. And digital is somewhere in there. And uh, digital is about ninety million dollars. Right, right. So so uh, these are kind of new estimates. They kind of went back and worked on their figures to really come up with. They really come one of the biggest numbers in years. Yeah, and you know, last year was a huge, huge, huge year for comics and all channels. Uh, up, up, up. Yeah. Uh, January, as you mentioned, sales did look down. Uh, looked like things had taken a downturn. However, over the last twelve months, everything has. Grown gradually caught up so it looks like we're ending the year pretty much flat which is you know not growth but it's not uh, shrinkage yes, either. Yes. flat is a new up yeah, yeah flat is the new up so um you know everybody uh i think that very strong numbers uh for comics and uh, you know growth in digital is uh, very very yeah. key yeah well another story which uh started off with a small pop and has been sort of a rising crescendo financially throughout the year um, was Humble Bundle, the uh, online site for pay-as-you-will that initiate, initially started with video games, has moved on to comics. And they started during San Diego Comic-Con, 
and they've just really made more and more money as the year went on. Yeah, how much did they raise, Calvin? I know you know uh, the story. They made, they, they, uh, I will say that they actually started a little earlier with ebooks in general. Well, ebooks in general, in April, but I'm talking about comics. They, they started comics a little earlier before, before San Diego as well. But, but they really had a big, they had a special Comic-Con um, uh, release. Transformers. Yes, exactly. It was done specifically for Comic-Con. And really, they are looking, really looking at comics uh, because the video game market is also very much interesting in comics as well. So they raised, they generated $4.75 million ebooks. $3 million of that was from comics alone. And also, it, as, as far as one of the things Humble Bundle does is, is, is it delivers money to charities. Charities, yes. One of whom was the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund. And they got an extraordinary windfall. The CBLDF uh, received more than $300,000 through. Um, the charities of hum, uh, at Humble Bumble, and it's really uh, as uh, Charles uh, Brownstein told me, the executive director of the of CBLDF, it's been transformative for the organization. Yeah, so. they all look so. Oh, their brows are so unfurrowed. They're fat cats. They're <laughs> so comic relaxed, book fat cats. So. It, even, it exists. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway. <laughs> well, you yes. know, the numbers on that My Little Pony bundle were astonishing. But the number one was the Doctor Who. That was the biggest bundle of the year. So as far as comics went. Yeah. So, And of course, you know, San Diego... Yes. Uh, July always dominates the whole month. Uh, it's hell, uh, no, actually, it wasn't that bad. It was pretty good. Um, yes. You know, uh, the Hernandez brothers won their first Eisners. Uh, crazy, but true. Yeah. Um, and the one thing we noticed was that uh, the show, uh, while inside the convention center, was just as big and crazy as possible. Outside, outside it shrank. And uh, maybe... The, maybe some of the local mm. establishments were trying to kill the goose that laid the golden egg. Maybe, maybe pushing well, it too much. Yeah, it, I mean, there's some debate as to whether it was that uh, venues outside of the convention were just pricing events out, or whether, you know, the fact that now San Diego does have to compete with year-on Comic-Con, like, where... Any weekend of the year, you'll find a Comic-Con somewhere. Well, I, I think there might be a little bit to both of those, but for sure, I mean, I heard from many people that um, local venues were charging, you know, like $60,000 yeah. for to rent it out. And you know what? You know going to pay that. Yeah, the studios just looked at it and they said, well, you know what? Nothing here really makes a splash anyway, so uh, why should we spend that much yeah, no, money? You know? Reality caught up yeah, with them. So. You know, we might want to just uh, uh, hail or mark uh, Image once again. I mean, in, in, a, in, in a certain way, they kind of stole Comic-Con back from the movies for a minute there, launching their second <laughs> uh, Image Expo of the year on the first day of, of Comic-Con. And so, hooray, we get to Comic-Con, and what is everybody talking about comics yeah, well, imagine that absolutely it was a really well imagine that that was a really well planned event and and they also added a little bit of the show biz to it you yeah. know i mean it was just a bunch yeah. of guys and and ladies coming out and talking uh, in front of a room yeah. full of people but you know what they did it so well it was it definitely um showed that comics could make news at comic-con all right Shall we move well, in August, on into, yes. In August, uh, the big story was definitely Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Which, I mean, for all that many people, including myself, were skeptical on, you know, how much money a movie with a talking raccoon and a comic that no one had heard of <laughs> would do, uh, made money out the wazoo and was wildly popular and yeah. was a good movie. And it's reached out to so many different audiences, like, like... 
you know, people love group. People love Rocket Raccoon. I mean, it's become an all four quadrant hit. You know, all ages, all sexes, all genders. Everybody enjoyed this. It became like the feel-good adventure movie of the year that the whole family could watch. And, it's a fun and, movie. Yeah, it is. It's a very fun movie. And uh, it really, you know, we haven't even mentioned The Winter Soldier Which that came out. amazingly well, well for when it came and out. And we yeah. loved that movie. It was a very I remember us talking about how yeah. much we loved it and what yeah. a game-changer it was for Marvel. And, uh, and lest you think that we love all Marvel movies, we had some very <laughs> hard things to say about... Thor 2, particularly in comparison to Winter Soldier and how good it could well, have been. Well, that's because Thor 2 sucks. But anyway, uh, and <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., we've argued about that constantly here on the yes. show. And a roller coaster of a yeah, television yeah. event. It sort of sucks on altern- in an alternating mm-hmm. basis, but there you go. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, and this led to, by the end of the year, uh, Marvel and uh, Disney and Warner Brothers and Sony and Fox engaged in this game of one-upmanship with I can announce... Ten more movies. movies than you. Well, I can announce 11 movies. Oh, yeah, well, yes, I can announce 59 I movies. Mean, movies dating into the 2020s. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, uh, who knows how many of them will actually yeah. happen. I, and, you know, like, like one of them is the long-awaited Wonder Woman movie, and the director yeah. of whom announced that, you know, oh. it, it technically isn't even greenlit yet. So most of these movies are not technically greenlit yet. Yeah. So, you know, uh, more to come. But, yeah, Marvel could do just about no wrong in 2014. Yes. And uh, DC has dominated the television screen. Um, yeah. It now has shows on what? Three networks? <laughs> right. Um, with Constantine Gotham, um, Flash, Flash, Arrow, and upcoming Supergirl. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Supergirl is upcoming. Uh, right. You know, we did a whole special show about the, the fall season, uh, which leads us right into September, uh, which was, uh, you know, the debut of all these shows. And, uh, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. improved a little bit, too. Like, it turned out that by tying them in with the movies, it really worked out. And now they're they're going to do the Inhumans. Is that right? Oh, really? They're, yeah. they're trying for Inhumans. All right. See, the problem is that Marvel is really, really wants to do something other than mutants because they've given away their mutant rights to other studios. So they're trying very hard to come up with something else for us to be excited about. They're giving the Inhumans a try. I'm not sold. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think also in September, didn't we see the beginnings of these... uh, I don't know know quite how to describe it, but uh, discussions around the cons and their natures and whether whether you can sell anymore, whether um, you know whether cosplayers are the problems, uh, scapegoating various yeah, well, segments, it, uh, as as opposed to looking at the changing demographics of of who goes to well, shows. Well, you know what I I mean we haven't you know we should do a whole show called the Year in Outrage, and <laughs> um, you know a lot of older creators came out and uh, said that cosplayers were no good and didn't buy books. Of course, younger. Creators and those who actually are relevant to today's readers notice that many times cosplayers come up and buy books. And I've been sitting, I've oftentimes sat at the table of creators and seen cosplayers come up and buy books. So, and you know what they also buy? T-shirts. Yes, they like to buy. They like to shop. Hello, they shop. They shop, sell things. This is a flea market, people. Um, so, but you know, we saw. Uh, the first time, this was uh, David Dorman's wife, Denise Dorman, complaining about this. And, you know, poor Dave also didn't get invited to Star Wars 
uh, celebration. So kind of, you know, sometimes you just pass out a favor, you know, like the brothers Hildebrandt were the great Tolkien artists of the 70s. And then when the movies came along, they weren't anymore because it was 30 years later. And, uh, you know, Star time Wars... Time passes. Time passes. And, you know, this is something that we all have to face, is how do we stay relevant to today's audience? So, uh, you know, so I think there was a lot of discussion over it. And, uh, you know, there's... I, I think I mentioned last time that there's this convention company that this has a website now that claims they're doing 15 new cons next year. I mean, Wizard World has announced 22 events. Good uh, Lord. Their Good events Lord. Yes, do not, yes. do not the words out of my spotlight mouth. <laughs> comics. I mean, I will say Wizard World does... Uh, try. Trust try. You know, they do make a a uh, attempt uh, to promote the cartoonists who are there, but it's really all about the nerd liberties who are there. And this is really, uh, you know, both of these things. The changing focus of these carnivals. Carnival. Well, I think it's it's that there are more cons, period, of every variety, from from CAFs to just regular Comic Cons that promote comics to, you know, nerd liberty carnivals. That there's just this... <laughs> this people have noticed that there's money in them, thar hills, and are out to uh, make the nerd dollar. Mm-hmm. For yep. which, you know... And there were nerd dollars, also. Yes. There were nerd yes. dollars. So, uh, and some of them... Uh, on display at New York Comic Con, yes, which, which came is, along in October, yes, um, and and strut, we were there, strutted on the scene with uh, uh, claiming a hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, well, they people uh, they announced that they had sold one hundred fifty thousand tickets, but you know Lance Fenstermann, uh, uh, you know, did not stop these headlines. But when questioned, he did point out that it didn't mean that it was larger than mm. San Diego. It just meant that how they counted people, they had sold more tickets. So you know, I, I one hundred fifty thousand tickets, not one hundred fifty thousand yeah. people. Yes, it's a little different. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and so uh, yeah, that was you know one thing we have not mentioned, and I have to say we yeah. poo pooed it. Every time it came up, but it was a huge story. Was the saga of Spider Woman's mm-hmm. ass? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I kind of ducked over that. Yeah, but. you did. There, but there are some growing pains when yeah. comic publishers, which are not used to it, attempt to cater to women. So yeah, they decided August. that they were going to have a Spider Woman comic. Yay! And they were going to, you know, they were saying, like, it's going to be all empowering and stuff. Okay, yay! And then <laughs> and they, they had a cover by Milo Minara, <laughs> so, so. which looked like it was drawn by Milo Minara, which, no offense <laughs> to Milo Minara, but no one should be surprised the Spider Woman's butt was in the air. <laughs> you know? Did it work? What are you going to do? But Spider Woman's butt did become yet another flashpoint yeah. for, well, for the discussion. So to speak. Yes. The, for the discussion was, that was taking place. It, it was unfortunately positioned, and it was perhaps not the best choice for what they were trying to sell the book as. Yeah. Because if you're if you're saying that this book is supposed to be empowering and everything, and then you have but you, you, the you, most... But you know what? They weren't really saying it was empowering. That's one thing. It's like, you know, I think that the story of Spider-Woman's ass really covers just how the cycle of outrage <laughs> and the cycle of of 
uh, you know, misinterpretation just takes over so much now. And uh, because, you know, the insides are drawn by Greg Land. That doesn't really speak well, of... Well, but of, they didn't actually go to the empowering place. They just want... But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think you're right. I think that it They're was... They're like, hey, was, ladies, we have lady books. And then they had Greg Land draw the inside. Right. Yeesh, but I, and Milo Menard draw the cover. But, oh, I, dear. but I don't know what the internals on that book were. You know, later in the year, they had Lady Thor. And that was promoted, like I said, all the way. Whereas I think Spider-Woman was just sort of a book that was started by someone at some point in the office uh, who thought that Greg Land and Milo Menard were fine. And then Marvel hoped to just quietly put it out and everybody said oh look another empowering book and it <laughs> and turned out a good look at then it. they looked at it and it wasn't really and marvel learned the hard way that you know when the book came out they just put the logo right over her butt and solved everything yeah and and to be fair when people looked at the greg land cover uh versus the minara cover they realized that well it was not as unfortunately positioned with the samey faces and cheesecake poses, it may just have been more horrible than the yes, Minara cover. it was. Well, at least Milo Minara is an awesome... He is an awesome artist. Yes, yeah. he is. And, Whereas Greg Land is Greg Land. And he just laughed, you know? He just uh, said that Americans, you are so uptight about <laughs> everything. Yeah, yeah. And I love the like, women. Take a chill pill. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, so where are we now? We're in October? Yep. And the end of October. End of October. And let's see. That means we're getting close to the National Book Awards nominations. I may be leaping over something, but Roz Chass, of course. Uh, you could call this the year of Roz Chass. Yes, definitely. Um, can't we talk about something more pleasant? The uh, the record of her um, caring for her aging parents. Um, just a phenomenal book. Uh, she was also the only woman nominated in the nonfiction category for the National Book Awards, a preeminent um, literary awards that this country gives out. Um, but that said, uh, she didn't win, uh, but in, in but some ways strong, she did. Yeah, but it, yes. <laughs> and I, I mean, it, she was just being a finalist. It's just an honor just to be a yes. finalist. And, you know, the book has been a huge it's hit. Uh, it's topped many best of lists. Uh, I, I, you know, the other the book that actually topped our poll here at PW was uh, This One Summer by... Uh, the Tamaki cousins, uh, Jillian Tamaki, the artist, and Mariko Tamaki, the uh, writer, and just an amazing book. And you know, I, I just, uh, you know, I wish we could just uh, bask in the fact. I mean, really, the top books were all by women well, this oh, year. And, and lumberjanes, we haven't oh, even talked about lumberjanes. We haven't even talked about but, so many. Oh, different well, things. one thing we haven't talked about, uh, partly because I don't remember what month it was, um, was the fact that Alison Bechdel got a MacArthur Genius yes, Grant. Yes, yes, oh yes. Yes, and her, for, you know, yes. her comics. And uh, Fun Home, despite uh, b- being hated by South Carolina, is opening on Broadway next yes, year. Yes, yeah, yes, as, as, as a musical. Uh, so, you know, I mean, for every one step back, there's been a triumph. And uh, I just hope that people concentrate more on the triumphs and take heart with the triumphs. And don't forget the triumphs. Cause that's no, what don't happens. forget the triumphs. But yeah. I will say that noticing the uh, problems helps fight them. Absolutely, absolutely. You and- know, I mean, sometimes we worry that there's too much outrage. But a lot of the time, the outrage then led to triumphs after. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. I think it's just the outrage over every single little thing yes. that keeps people <laughs> bogged down. And, uh, yeah, you, you have to sometimes detach yourself from the outrage machine and realize There's that a lot of good stuff out there. That there are many triumphs yes, to be had. Yes, yes. 
And I should add, in addition to uh, the PW Critics Poll, the, the annual, which uh, won by this one summer, uh, there are uh, PW's Best Books of the Year, the five graphic novels chosen uh, for among our Best Books of the Year. In addition to Ross Chess's book, The Wrenchies by Farrell Darrell Rumpel, How to Be Happy by Eleanor uh, Davis, uh, The Love Bung- Bunglers by Jaime Hernandez, and um, Beautiful Darkness by, I cannot say their names. Carasquet uh, and Fabian Velman. Thank you so much. All right, just to mention that. And, you know, just to throw it in there, Carasquet uh, is a uh, duo. It's a, it's duo, a husband yeah. and wife team. So, And the story for Beautiful Darkness was actually by Marie uh, Pompidou, the or Pom- Pom- I forget her last name. But anyway, uh, it, Beautiful Darkness absolutely goes into the uh, female creator uh, category. Yes, deal. So, um, great. So, where are we now? We're at the... Uh, well, we're up to, to comparatively recently with yeah. November and, uh, you know, new trends. Uh, I, th- I think... Um, I think the news started to bog down come November because people brought out their big books in time for Christmas. And, you know... Well, you know, there's one thing that we haven't talked about. So, we have a couple minutes left and, you know, a couple of other little trends that they have... Uh, you know, we haven't barely mentioned DC. DC announced that they had a contingency plan for moving mm-hmm. uh, next year, which is called is it called Convergence. You know, I forget what's kind of Convergence it's because it's going to be their new big event. Will be that you get uh, two standalone issues of of all your old yes. favorites, and, and whether it'll lead somewhere or not, we're not sure. And well, it's probably going to lead somewhere because in the uh, last solicitations, uh, DC canceled thirteen books. So you know, the new era of the new Fifty Two is. Is definitely coming to a close, as is the era of DC being in New York. You know, they are moving to the West Coast. Come April, the entire company, except for Mad Magazine, will have moved to Burbank to be under the watchful gaze of, uh, you know, I, I, I'm always posting the ads, but it's like they've hired about 10 VPs of strategic content development processing Good business stuff. I mean, it's like, I hope you have some Indians there. And you know, these things only sell 20,000 copies, right? Um but maybe they'll sell more if you have more um, VPs of content, strategic development, business stuff. Well, hopefully they don't yeah. pay them that much. Yeah, but, uh, you know, for DC, it was a rough year. It was definitely a treading water year. Uh, you know, with the move in place, with editors not moving or going, you know, so many people are not going to make the move. So they really couldn't plan ahead. And it was not so great a year as far as events go for either publisher because the events just was kind of, I mean, one, a lot of them sounded like events that had happened in the past, and two, none of them were deeply inspiring. So those big, juicy event dollars that they had been relying on to pump up their numbers were just not there. Yeah. and But, you know, Marvel had a great year. It had a great yeah, year anyway. Great year it anyway. just wasn't an event yeah. year. For DC, I think towards the end of the year, they finally kind of broke out of their house style a little bit with books like uh, the revised Batgirl by Cameron Stewart and Babs Gotham Tarr. Academy. Mm-hmm. Gotham Academy yes. by Becky Cloonan, uh, written by her. Uh, and so they finally were breaking out just a little bit. And, you know, that's, to me, really... Can I admit to a, a guilty pleasure? Sure. Harley Quinn. Oh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> Harley... one of the big books of the but, year. But Harley Quinn, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you had sat down in January and said, guess what DC's number two book after Batman will be? And if any of us had said Harley Quinn, uh, you know... <laughs> We would we would be left. At. We would be millionaires because we'd be play the stock market. Yeah. You know. But I mean, when you look at everything we've just said, it actually kind of makes sense. It yeah. does. Yes. Yep. 
And, uh, you know, Deadpool remains a huge character at DC. You know, the, or at Marvel. You know, the point is... Harley Quinn is, is DC's Deadpool. It really. is. And absolutely. They even have the same color scheme. And you know what? <laughs> the reality is, like, if you looked at January 2014, as we're going into January 2015, as you listen to this, it will be the 2nd of January. But as we're recording this, we are still enjoying the last few drags of 2014. It would be the rise of the new reader. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me just, uh, before we close out here, just mention very quickly, um, uh, Jeff Smith is teaming up with Lucy Caswell, uh, founder of the Billy Ireland Cartoon Museum, to launch a new show in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, and Tom Spurgeon of The Comics Reporter will be their right-hand man. Well, he'll be running the show. He'll He's be running show the show, yeah. absolutely. Um, uh, Archie uh, continues to innovate. They're bringing on Mark Wade and Fiona Staples to kind of revamp right, right. their Archie, classic, the classic Archie again. line. And, and there's even more unusual iterations of Archie to come. And um, just just to uh, throw that last thing in, and, I think, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, 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 let's just talk about, uh, you know, what people will be talking about in the next few weeks is um, the sculptor is coming out. Yes. That's probably Ooh. the first yes. big book of 2015 yes. will be Scott McCloud's long-awaited yes. 500-page graphic novel. And, uh, you know, it's already gotten some great reviews. It's already, you know, it's kind of yes. some, and, some, I think there'll be some discussion about it, though, when yes. it comes out. Publishers Weekly will have an author profile of Scott McCloud that will be published some time mid-January. Yes, so yes. look for that. And, um, you know, all in all, uh, I think in 2014, the good outweighed the bad. It was not a bad say, year for comics at all. Uh, it was It was a good year for comics. And, um, and we're looking forward to a better year in 2015. Because? Because there's more to come.